0: Ace Podcast. What
1: have you done to it? What have you done to its eyes? I don't think that one's it. Let's try that again. Look, I'm going to ask you one more time. What have you done to me? I don't think that one's right either. One one more time. One more time. Who is Solange? What happened to her? Nothing. I was thinking about someone else. Uh, 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 Talk. I don't know anything for sure. She was half French, turned on, swinging.
0: That's the one. Blood and Black Rum Podcast presents What Have You Done to Solange? Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood and Black Rum Podcast. I'm Ryan from the MooseDeadWorld.net and I'm joined with my co-host Martin. How's it going? And uh, we're back for a new episode. This time we're out of the series stuff that we've been doing recently. Like with the Saw series, our Christmas series, and most recently our Death Wish series. We're done with that for right now so you don't have to worry about like tuning in for every single episode in case you miss something. That's, oh, you should. <laughs> you should tune in for every single episode. But uh, you won't miss anything if we, you know, in this episode. Because it's a standalone. Well, to be fair, with the Death Wish series and Saw series, you miss one, you're not really missing too much. That's true, but they're <laughs> going to miss all of our in-jokes.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. So. That's why they have, like, TV
0: tropes. True. We'll be on there. and <laughs> And you can just go back to the previous episode, it's not that hard. Yeah. So, But anyway, we are uh, here with What Have You Done to Solange, which we promised in the last week's episode. Um, this is a giallo film f- uh, from uh, 1972. Uh, also known in the Italian, I'm going to butcher it, but it's Cosa Avet Fatto a Solange. That's pretty good. Not Italian, but I worked through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, what Have You Done to Solange is um, is a yellow film from Massimo Delamano. Um, Delamano, most notably known for his cinematography and not so much his directorial stuff. But What Have You Done to Solange has a pretty big cult following, apparently. Um, I didn't really realize this until I kind of started doing a little bit more research and, and listening to an auto, audio commentary track. Um, that is featured on the Blu-ray version of this film released by Arrow Video, uh, but apparently it has a huge following and is some people's one of their favorite giallos of all time.
1: I mean, I haven't really. Have You're one. not well versed in the giallo nope. formula. So. I've seen this in ten of so, uh. <laughs> Yeah.
0: So, but so you can't. You don't really. You can't. I don't have it. You anything. can't comment that much on it. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I found that surprising to be honest with you. Uh, I know a lot of people kind of herald this film as what some critics call an anti-Jalo film, and I don't I don't really know if that's the case so much, at least in, in terms of what I've experienced for Jalo films, um, which we can talk about a little bit later when we get into the actual meat of the show, um, but I just kind of wanted to give a little context to this film, um, because I'm going to take a guess and say that not, not a lot of... People that aren't, you know, super well versed in horror, I'm, I'm guessing they have, probably have not heard of this film, and um, I think it's, it's fairly obscure and for a reason. I don't know that many casual moviegoers are going to go out and say, "I want to watch What Have You Done to Solange," and then come back and be like, "Well, you know what? That's now entered my favorite movie." I think that's realm probably the case with most. Italian films, probably they're not. I, I will, think, I will say could, they're not very easy to get into in
1: any way. I was saying is outside of spaghetti westerns, and then for the most part, just Sergio Le, Sergio Leone spaghetti westerns. You're, if you're not like a cinephile or somebody like deep into a specific genre of film,
0: and historical, yeah, like yeah,
1: you're not gonna, you know, go
0: looking for it. It's, it's yeah. And, I mean, that's kind of surprising, too, because it has such a, a high volume of, of fans. You would think that it would have a lot more people talking about it, but at the same time, it do- it definitely doesn't reach levels like, you know, Argento's films, like Suspiria or Tenebrae, um, some of the Mother trilogy. Uh, it just doesn't have that a- widespread appeal, I guess. And as we cover Jello in the future, I think you'll find that there's a lot of people who have high esteem for certain jellos and then you'll you they may not be as um i don't know entertaining as you you first thought when you when you see them i think that's the case not only with jello films but also with spaghetti westerns there are a lot of spaghetti westerns that people really hold in high esteem and then when you go to watch them you kind of wonder like where did that cult following come from Two Meals for Sister Yeah, Sarah. we've experienced a couple actually, uh, Clint Eastwood films too. Uh, Two Meals for Sister Sarah being one of the biggest ones that actually has a pretty high rating for most people, right? I mean, people like Two Meals
1: for Sister Sarah if, if you're a spaghetti western, yeah, guy. if you're a sp- uh, which I am too, but I I found it to be you know terribly. Terribly fucking boring. Overdrawn, boring. Kind the, only, of a, the only, like, fun thing about it was the fact that Daniel Morricone does the score for it, and the fact that, you know, for, like, the score for the, the theme, they make sure to add, like, a
0: hee-haw. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, a donkey noise. Yeah, like... <laughs> just to make sure that you know, like, or I guess you could call it a mule. A mule
1: sound. But, I mean, even at the same time, like, even though, like, a film like that, that I did find to be kind of a bore and a chore to watch... I could totally understand, though I love all of the uh, Sergio Leone Spaghetti Western films, even um, the one that most people unless you're like a fan of Spaghetti Westerns haven't seen uh, uh, Fistful of Dynamite or You Sucker which stars uh, James Coburn um, I can see how if even films like Once Upon a Time in the West like a not just a like classic spaghetti western or a western. It's a great film. I can see though how if somebody watching that, if they're not like somebody well, it's who super
0: long, for yeah, one thing. if they're
1: not really vested into like that st- uh, genre and style of filmmaking, I can easily see how like yeah, you're not gonna like that, right? Say saying the good and the bad and the ugly. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I can I can totally see now with that. It, specifically i can totally see why people would not like that film even though it is considered a classic it's you know a lot of people really love that film there's a lot of uh fans out there who like the long cuts and stuff like that i can totally see why someone would come back and say you know that that was just not for me in a time where most of our movies now barely break 90 minutes sometimes like genre movies like horror films well, I was stuff say, like I that. Would... Not not like Oscar contenders And Superhero. more dramatic stuff Superheroes But in a, in a time where some of our genre fare And I would say Actually some of the westerns now have been Bringing that back with like longer than Two hour I epics. would say
1: the only films these days that are like under two hours Are animated films yeah, And horror films even comedies today are fucking pushing Yeah, that's it. true.
0: Any Judd Apatow movie is going to push They're, two like, hours. Like,
1: most films are, like, really, real like, I think most, a lot of directors and producers have this idea that, like, for a film to be, like, a, consider, like, this big, successful film, it's got to be long, drawn out. So when people are like, to beat that old dead horse that will never stop beating on this podcast with Batman v Superman, it was two hours and, like, 40 minutes, still sucked. Oh, wait, when you watch the director's cut, though, that's an extra 45 minutes long. It makes much more sense. (laughs) Yeah. No, I... didn't need that extra. You uh, know, figure out how to plot and pace your film. That's right. And I I think that kind of goes back to what we were talking about. For me, like, Once Upon a Time in the West and The Good and the Bad and the Ugly, even though they're, like, two and a half plus hour films, I think they're paced in a certain way, in a certain style that works, makes it engaging, makes it you know, an enjoyable watch. Whereas there's other films that are that same length, like the remake of RoboCop. It doesn't have that good pacing, that well-told story, and that dynamic to it that makes that time that you're investing into the film feel worthwhile and entertaining. So I I think... I just think, you know, it's... You you gotta... It's all about... Being able to hit the right notes at the right time. That's man. true. That's true. And I think that we can even
0: bring bring that back to Jalla and what have you done to Solange because many Jallos, um I'm not going to call them Jally, because it just sounds weird. I mean, that's technically the plural, but I'm going to call them Jallos. Um Many Jiao's are are like pretty long as well. I mean, they're 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 lengthier. Uh, from what I films. Is pretty. Yeah, I think it's about an hour and forty something. Yeah. And similarly, what have you done to Solange reaches about an hour and 40 almost 50 minutes hour and 50 minutes uh so it's a pretty lengthy film for for the for you know a horror genre film um and i think you can say a lot of the same thing with yellow films is that some of them really hit the pace well uh and they're slow but intentionally so and then some are just slow and don't really need that slowness like they don't need to to go that plotting with their plot and uh, we'll talk about where What Have You Done The Launch falls on that spectrum in a minute. Um, but first, I kind of wanted to get into our beer talk before we actually get into What Have You Done the Launch. Some positive beer talk. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, I bought the Harpoon Spring Pack a couple, maybe a week ago, I think. Um, it was on sale. Yep, looked really no, good. No, <laughs> yeah, that's always the key point <laughs> with me is that it was on sale. If-
1: if if you are a listener of this podcast, you would know by now, uh he gets his craft beer on sale. I only buy things on sale. You know, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to go out
0: and buy anything that's 16.99 and over. No. Oh. Um <laughs> so I picked up the Harpoon spring pack. And uh what do you know? Harpoon's got a lot of IPAs in their spring pack or in, in general Hoppier. pale ales, hoppy beers,
1: yeah. Um not not as bad as a lot of other. I would I would no, say it's I
0: think they're experimenting a little bit with the style. I mean, they're not going a full Sierra Nevada. And it's like here's four different kinds of IPAs, and they they only differ slightly. There's some fruits and <laughs> some, but uh, like with har- with this one, you get your standard Harpoon IPA, which they've been putting in a lot of their packs lately. The standard Harpoon. They IPA, must be like
1: oh, they said- must be
0: going with that as like their trademark beer
1: for these for these packs. I'm having a hard time thinking about what they what used to be there.
0: Yeah, that's a good question, because I don't really know. I almost
1: want to say their UFO was. Maybe. Could have been a standard. I don't think it was, but I almost I almost want to say, it. but maybe that's because around here, like one of the We get that a lot. A lot a lot of their regular UFO, their half and UFO, and the Raspberry Half yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I don't I don't I can't really think of anything else, so maybe the maybe the IPA always has been. I'm just not remembering it properly, but but that's in there. We're not really going to cover that because I think we've we've done Harpoon's IPA. Yeah, before. we have. Yeah, it's
1: good. It's a good IPA. It is a
0: good IPA. I like it. It's, it's solid. Um, but the the other ones that we're trying we we've had today, um, which I've had a couple before, but we're really going to cover them on this on the podcast today. Um, we had the Harpoon Crake. Which is their Irish Red IPA, uh, which is, as far as I know, pretty new for th- for them. I don't recall it out last year. Um, it's it's you know it's possible they've had it around. I th- it I I've never had it before, um, but it's a it's a good Irish Red IPA. It's pretty much everything that you'd expect when you hear that
1: name. It's um, you know I actually I didn't read, actually read the bottle. I thought it was just kind of like a standard Irish red ale. Mm. It's not. It's not too terribly hoppy on it, and you definitely get the malty sweetness of an Irish red ale style. Definitely. So I, you know, I wouldn't probably say it's an IPA. That's just from my, my taste buds. I, I yeah. I, I thought as you know, but I think as an Irish red ale, it's pretty darn good. I definitely get the uh,
0: the maltiness of the and of the Irish red part of it. I do get a slight hoppiness to it, but you're right. I mean, the the hoppy character isn't really overwhelming in this. I think that's probably pretty good. I mean, I don't really think this needs to be
1: loaded with hops t- like, to really... Like Sam's Tasman, right? <laughs> Where it's like, yeah. you know, you got high hop, high malt, and just... Even, even though I do like, the you know, and I don't even think they make that shit anymore. They don't either. make those, like, specialty... Bottles yeah, anymore. I don't think. Sex. Those are all pretty damn good. You may but...
0: be able to get it like on tap at their at their brewery, but I don't know about.
1: You know, around here, you might, at a certain place, you might <laughs> you might be them. able to
0: find. I'm sure at Napes they've got the bottles. To be honest with you, but yeah, no, I but
1: no, I like I like that a lot. Um, especially now that it's getting to be uh...
0: warmer out. Today yeah. was like 50. I was wearing shorts and a T-shirt. I was yep. still
1: sweating my ass off outside.
0: Yeah, it was a nice day today, and that's kind of what you want it's it's pretty refreshing uh not overwhelmingly malty either and especially when you think about it too spring
1: up here it's a very short season it is it's you either have a long winter short spring and it jumps into summer or you have a short winter small spring long summer yeah so i mean, you know kind of yeah. enjoy those spring style beers while you can that's cause... right yeah
0: there's not that much time for them and actually <laughs> just relating to that uh, last year my mother-in-law bought a Sam Adams spring pack for me to have when I go over there to their house and I she still has some. So I still have like cuz I think in that last spring pack it wasn't a winter it was like mid you know winter mid winter to like early spring. They had like a scotch ale in it and stuff. I remember I, it was delicious. I've still I still got that I've still got one scotch ale waiting
1: for me over there. Boy, well, you better go and drink it cuz <laughs> oh, yeah. one it's bad and two, it That scotch ale was great. I love Sam's scotch ale yeah. on that. Was, we did we did talk about it on the podcast. I remember like I'm like why cuz I remember I remember specifically saying like why don't more companies do a scotch ale? Scotch ales are a great multi heavy beer for like early spring winter. No, do IPAs. It's the winter though. A new IPAs. No. Scotch ales.
0: I just thought it was funny because you were talking about how like short our spring season is and you know after like spring It's weird, but it's it's just a feeling that I have. But after spring ends and we're kind of, like, into the warmer part of, like, late spring, early summer, I never – I'm not going to – I don't want a scotch ale at that time. I mean? That's why I've got it left over because it was – we have such a short period of time. I'm not over there all the time. So it's left over and and then I always get to that point where I'm like, I don't want this now. (laughs) So, yeah, we do have a really short spring season. It's crazy. It's it's crazy. You don't get to enjoy it because – let's reminisce about seasons for a little while. We do get to experience all four of them, although they generally their, turn into, like, two. At
1: their extremes. Yeah.
0: Uh, but I do like the spring season, because you get to have your windows open, and there's, like, a very mild warmth to it That's like, you, you need your window open, but it's not, like, super hot.
1: My favorite part of spring is you get to decide, pants or shorts?
0: That's right, yeah. You, get, you can literally decide. Yeah. I
1: can live with pants on, I can live with shorts on.
0: I also, like, uh, sporting the I'm going to wear shorts but also like a flannel yeah because you mm-hmm. get like because I, I my legs don't often get that cold but my arms can sometimes so I might mm-hmm. as well wear a flannel with the shorts on you get to you get to have that kind of like nice juxtaposition between the dichotomy yeah that's right that's right and as it also feels cool Yeah, my legs are open to the breeze but my my arms are pro- nice and protected
1: yeah but no, I no. That's probably like my favorite part. Cause like in the summer, shorts all. I I am not one of the. Even as I'm getting older, I haven't been able to transition to like pants all the time. Yeah, just, I just can't do it. Dying a heat stroke. I sweat too easily for that shit. I just can't do it. Can't. A lot of people just wear pants like all year round. I know that's what I'm saying. I just yeah. I I just and
0: just can't do it. just. just I'm sure a lot of your family members do. Yeah. Huh. Pants and uh Timberlands. Yeah, probably. I'm sure. Yeah, my Yeah, my dad doesn't wear shorts <laughs> often at all. Older guys are like that though.
1: I know, that's what I'm saying. Like like a lot like as yeah. even as I'm getting older. I wasn't
0: older... saying just like older men in your family though. I was saying like No, I know, no, I know no, I know yeah. what you're saying.
1: Like because when I think of, like, older people, like my dad and your dad, your dad's, like, one of the few older guys that I know. He does wear shorts. That
0: will wear shorts in the he summer. He wears shorts and champion uh, tops.
1: tank tops. Yeah. yeah, He's got tennis and volleyball to be playing. <laughs> That's right.
0: And chest hair to sport.
1: But, uh, yeah, no, but, yeah, a little off topic. But, yeah. but at, at the same time, like, yeah, no, I, like, I'll only wear, like, the only days on the summer I'll be wearing jeans is when I'm at work. Because I'm in a fucking freezer, so I gotta layer up. Yeah. Well, other than that, you know, I'd off day, fucking wearing shorts. True.
0: All right, what do you got? What are you having right now?
1: I finished uh, Harpoon's Fresh Tracks, which is their bright floral hoppy spring pale ale. Um, I would say this is a pretty mild pale ale. It's not very hoppy, but that's not a bad thing. Um, because it's I would like it's like a session pale ale. Yeah. Um, it's pretty light. Very drinkable, though the alcohol on it says six point two, which makes me pretty damn shocked. Yeah, because it does not have like a very alcohol kick to it at all. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, wouldn't necessarily call it very florally. I'm, I'm assuming they're saying because it was because of the hops, so they're like saying floral yeah, and hoppy, but could be. um, but still, I think it's pretty good. I, I mean, I
0: think it's their their. Uh, Thing now to do like three adjectives. For well, yeah, it. you gotta. Because I got I got this too. The Irish Red IPA is hoppy, malty, vibrant. So I think that's their their thing now. Three descriptions for it. Well, yeah. If two two, you're like, oh, why yeah. <laughs> Can't go two descriptions. I mean, it's no, too little. but
1: it is good and it does have like a slight maltiness to it too, which is you know. I
0: I gotta say I've had a few of the fresh tracks and I do like it quite a bit. I think it is very easy to drink. I could see myself outside when it gets a little bit warmer drinking. This those. is lawn mowing beer that's right that's this true. Is, yeah it doesn't a, have to just be spring no this this would be a great for
1: them to put in their summer pack too
0: yeah um it it, it actually kind of reminds me of uh I can't remember what it was, but last year I did find a good i p a that was very easy to drink. It wasn't really technically a session, but it was super easy to drink, and that was a good lawn lawn mowing beer too, similar founders no i think oh yeah it was founders all day
1: ipa it was very good when you got the 15 pack very
0: solid very solid um yeah so i mean i think both of these beers are really uh really good in this pack uh and besides that ipa there's another one that i can't remember right now what off the top of my head what the other uh style is it's a golden ale golden ale
1: can't remember what it's called it's like uh, it has like a canoe on it, mm. but it, I know it is a golden ale. Mm. Um, I, mean, I had that last time. Didn't review it, but I did have it last time when we were watching Death Wish Five, and I like it a lot. It's um had like a nice uh again yeah, malt is like the theme of the pack because it's you know the nice balance with you know from going from winter to spring. Yeah. Um, it was another. You got the maltiness of it, but it was very light, very drinkable. Very crisp and enjoyable. I liked it mm. a lot, and I and we've if again if you listen to the podcast then you you would know we're pretty big harpoon fans here. Yeah, um, been there. I have it. I wanted to go.
0: I like their I mean, bathroom.
1: <laughs> Got a nice view of the harbor, um, but no, they're I uh, they make nothing but good beer. They make a good beer. I haven't really had it yeah, They're hefeweizens, like one of two hefeweizens. <laughs> I like. That's
0: true. That's a that's a promotion in itself right I know, there.
1: because half of is a terrible style beer, Sorry. but, yeah. you know, they even, do it well. Even
0: their green IPA is pretty good. Well, I guess green it. meaning it's not ready for for actual bottling yet. <laughs> it hasn't been carbonated, but, um, yeah, check out the Harpoon uh, spring, uh, pack. spring Pack. Because in two weeks, the Summer Pack will be out. <laughs> it's, yeah, I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will be. And by that time, we may be in the spring or summer here ourselves. It's been warm enough. I'd welcome it.
1: Huh? Though, that damn Groundhog said we're supposed to get six months. S- six six weeks. more weeks. Six
0: more weeks. Well, we got to be coming to the ta- What? When was Groundhog's Day? February. first. February 1st? Well, the first week of February. First week. So, so we're like three weeks in now, almost. Yeah, but he lied. <laughs> I
1: don't know. To be fair, we didn't really have much of a winner to begin with. We well, had one big snowstorm. we been getting dumped on a little bit. Well, we got the one big snowstorm recently, but other than that, it wasn't really snow. It was nothing but fucking sleet, which is miserable. That's true. I'd rather, you know, when Santa was coming, it wasn't snow he was coming to. It was fucking sleet. I'd much rather have, you know.
0: Yeah. All right, well, we're not old men in rocking chairs sitting around talking about the weather. We could be, though. We Yeah, but we're not. We can't. No one wants to listen to us talk about our local weather on here. If they did, we'd be on CBS local news channel. Morning, that's right, that's right. Uh, we're here to talk about what have you done to Solange, obviously. Um, so what have you done to Solange is, um, I guess people a lot of people call it an anti-jowl, as I mentioned before at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, but I don't really find it as such in that I understand what people are saying that it try to, tries to circumvent a lot of Jala's rules and Jala uh, rules being black gloved killer, uh, point of view, um, a lot of naked Italian women, <laughs> um, sexual violence. Sometimes um, I think it's hard to say that what have you done to Solange circumvents that because that is a huge part of the film itself. It does do a lot of, uh, like secretive work behind the viewers' back, like there's a lot of uh, dramatic irony here. Uh, but at the same time, it's uh, it actually for me falls directly in line with the rest of the Jello uh, film canon. I don't really think that there's much here that has not been pursued in other films. Uh, but we have to think too that this is a pr- a rather early Jello. It's 1972.
1: Um, now when did, I don't know if you talked about it with Tenebra at all, but when did like Jello kind of become like a,
0: well, genre? You, I mean in the sixties really, I mean you, in the like mid to late sixties is really when you could uh pinpoint some of the, the Jello, um, guidelines, I guess you, you would say, uh, Mario ba- Bava doing a lot of that, um, in films like Bay of Blood, um. And, uh, now I've got to, now I've got to look up some of the, like it's late, late, um, late sixties, early seventies, I would say is really the time period that, that you are looking at. And I think that what have you done to Solange? It does come at an earlier point in this, in this style. Um, and I think that it does do a lot of things very well. Um, Maybe we should start with the things that it does really well first. Um, and I'll just throw this out there. I really like, um, the cinematography in this. And that makes sense, too, because, uh, Massimo Dalamano has, has done numerous, you know, films working with cinematography. Um, uh, as we mentioned before, we're huge fans of Spaghetti Westerns, and he worked on the Fistful series. Um, And uh, I think that that really shows in what have you done to Solange. Because he does seem to have an eye for capturing some really cool visuals. Um, One that really stands out in particular for me is when our main character Enrico comes home to his apartment to find his girlfriend Elizabeth in the bathtub. And the camera kind of shifts a little bit. Goes at that nice Dutch angle, yeah, yeah, like a nice little Dutch angle, and it's and similar to that is it earlier in that scene. Um, there's a really cool moment where we're uh, following the point of view of the killer, and normally when you get that point of view, you're very seeing rich, it very rich. slow movements, very, you know what I mean, yeah. like very like calculated movements, um, and in this scene there's a very it's like very fast paced it's like very a frantic. frantic rushing to the victim strangulation uh and uh drowning. drowning and it's it's over it i mean it happens for about like a, a minute or so but really the whole event seems very rushed on purpose not not rushed in that the director was you know editing it chopped it poorly <laughs> But the editing is really very frantic in this and chaotic, and I like that a lot. I thought that was a really cool scene within this film.
1: I think it's a great. Um, I think it's a pretty, a pretty damn good uh, POV sh- uh, bit because it's very, it is very reminiscent, like obviously Psycho, mm-hmm. with how like most people kind of picture like a perfect like POV style. Mm-hmm. So it's like a great like the at first, it is kind of like that, because when you see him entering the apartment, he's slow, he's doing it, you know, being quiet, being methodical, looking around, and then when he gets to Elizabeth, and then starts, you know, choking and drowning her in the bathtub, it becomes frantic, and it becomes, you know, more hectic. It's not just, uh, in, like, Psycho, with it's just, like, you know, kind of flat. Once you get to the killing part, it's, you know, kind of more away and so you don't really get to see it this you get to see it and it becomes frantic and brutal and then after when it's done you see him kind of slowly start to go away but then as soon as he gets to the door it becomes you know the frantic getaway yeah the rush to get down the
0: stairwell and out the door
1: and i think i think that's really it's very well done because again it's at first it's slow and it's building that tension and then when you get to you know the Brutal aspect of it. It's it shows you it, and it's and this film throughout makes sure to show you uh, the brutal aspects of you know the killings. Yeah, and then when he you know is going away, you got that frantic nature because probably for the most part, people who are if they go and you know strangle and drown somebody, they're not gonna you know just like dust their hands off and you know whistling Dixie down the stairwell. They're gonna you know. Yeah, be trying to get the hell out of
0: it. Yeah, I think in like in this, you're actually seeing, and it makes sense later on. But you're actually seeing sort of the the nervousness of the killer itself. A lot of times when you see those POV shots, they're kind of out outside of context for a lot of the film. Like especially when you see them at the beginning of the film or something like that, as, they're, as it's building, they're out of context where you're not really sure at this point who the killer is, and they seem very calm about everything that they're doing. Whereas in, in this scene in particular, there's not that calmness. There's no like calculated movements here. It's, it's a, a messy killing. It's not something that's like easy, easily done. You know, there's no like uh garage wire or anything like that where it's just like over and done. And then, yeah, you, you, you wipe your hands off and you're, you said, okay, well I'm done with that. And let's go back home. It's not as easy or simple as that. And I I like that because it actually becomes um, a more important part of the film later on as we get into the full plot of What Have You Done to Solange? Because this film goes about two-thirds of its running time without that Solange character even mentioned in the film. It's a very interesting... And risky scenario, I, I feel like. Even longer than two, thirds, almost three quarters of the film. Yeah, I, I think so. so. I, it's
1: even brought up. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think it's a risky thing that they took that, I don't know, I mean, does it work for you? Does it work to wait that long to understand that Solange is actually a part of this storyline? I, I think they
1: should have renamed the film. Or at to give it, like, a, a different name. Well, I I I understand, when, like, uh, when we listen to a little bit, saying, like, the title of uh, the commentary, saying the title's a bit of Red Herring. Um, I'm not saying explicitly in the title, spell out what's gonna happen. Yeah. But... It's almost... It is... The film's posing you a question. Mm-hmm. Like, so you're expecting, like, what happened to... You know, what have you done to Solange? So you're expecting somewhere in this film for that question... To come up, and to be kind of like a pivotal thing. Yeah. Uh, you know. Um, and it wouldn't make sense to have a movie called, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and there's no dinner. <laughs> and there's nobody that shows up. Yeah. Instead, they have brunch and mimosas, and nobody shows up. In the end. Mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense. The only reason I said that is because it's Poitier's Port- birthday the other day. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Saw that on Whoa. Facebook. But, but anyway, no, so like, like, as I told you when we got done watching the film... The main point this like arc of this film, it's a long, long way to get there there is and, and by God, you could have done it differently and because up until like I'm not gonna say the film's meandering, but it's meandering though like there's things happening and 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 you're trying to figure out what's going on. And it'd be fine just being like a who done it type of story, like who's doing these brutal murders. But it's, the films in already asking the question about this character who has no r- real bearing on the plot, but they do because the the motive behind it. So it's yeah. it, it's. I mean,
0: I think I, I have to disagree with you a little bit there. I I do like the title. I don't I don't think that they should have changed it for this. Um, I do like that the whole storyline hinges on this Solange character that we don't know about for so long because the you have to think about that the title is almost an accusation to us as the audience as well. It's kind of interesting in that scenario. Uh especially ah, when it when I it becomes
1: I don't think it works like that. Though.
0: Well I mean it especially when it comes down to how society treats
1: sexuality you're okay i'm you're going a long way you're going a long way for that drink of water that's my whole point that's like a such a long way to go you can make the point that this film's trying to make i'm not saying the point that this film's trying to make is bad or wrong i'm saying the the how they get there is so fucking convoluted it doesn't have to be. I, you can do a mystery killer story and have the point that it wants to get across, but the whole, like, it's not, like, w- compared to Tenebrae. It's not well-paced. Play- it's not... It doesn't connect as well. No, I, and, I, 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 and I know the whole point in these films is trying to be, like again, like a done and make it hard. Because, again, Tenebrae, at the same time... If you're not really paying attention, it's hard to figure out who the killer is, you know. Because there ends up being, as we talked about, two killers in it. Like, kind of like, gotcha! Right, right. It's Almost the same thing with this one, because the killer in this one is somebody who's in the film for fucking three minutes. No, I, I, de-
0: I definitely agree with you there, in that I, th- I think that What Have You Done Solange could have been tidied up quite a bit. I mean... For a lot of the film, uh, we're following Enrico as he does his own sort of investigation into the deaths of these uh, students at his school, which he is actually a suspect in because he's been seeing Elizabeth on the side, you know, when he's really, he's married to an angry German woman.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Who's also Uh, a teacher at the school. Yeah, who's
0: also a teacher at the school. I mean... Yes, you're right. That beginning I I do find fault in. I think that the beginning is a is a poor way to start what have you done to Solange? I think what I'm hearing from you is that your biggest complaint is that the beginning does not have Solange in there in some way.
1: No, it's 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 more the fact, look, I I think okay, I'm probably not explaining myself as clearly. I'm fine with like her not coming up to where she comes up in but again, my point is the whole f- first like three quarters of the film is they're trying to it's like it just doesn't build right for me right well, I, th- I think I think the character arcs that you get going on there and and not only that, but like some of the suspects, like the fact that they're even trying to have him as a suspect doesn't make sense because he' was in the fu- in the beginning he's in a fucking boat. Right. So you already know he can't be unless it's some kind of bullshit that like you know like oh like intended break. There's two killers, so, you right. know. So like oh he wasn't the first one, but maybe he's a you know, copycat or whatever. Yeah, but I agree. I I think I, they... I think I think they they dedicate time to trying to build character and having certain characters go through arcs, but it doesn't like it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Like in, like they sh- try show like they dedicate a lot of time in this film to. And Rico and his wife, and how they're they're separated, and they you know they're very cold towards each other, and they don't yeah. love each other as much anymore. That's why he's fucking cheating on her with a, one of his students. And then after Elizabeth dies, all of a sudden, and you know she doesn't care anymore, right? Because they find out she was a virgin; he she didn't sleep with him. You know she did other, he did other shit with her, but he didn't sleep with her. So. Right. He's she's not pissed about it anymore. Now all of a sudden, like she's gone through this arc of like I trust you, and so it's like that tension between the two it mounts to nothing. Well,
0: I mean, yeah, I agree. I don't think that the film does a very good job with its characters at the beginning of the film. I think that it is very slow to get going. In that, it, not even just the like. The murders because we don't need to see all of the murders on screen. Obviously, it's not really you don't need to
1: see the autopsy. It's yeah, like, exactly. Okay, the like comical the, form.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. The X ray of of uh, what happens is the killer m- motivated by uh, an event that occurs later on to Solange, which you don't know about. I won't really discuss it right now, but uh, it, he he stabs each of the victims in the vaginal area. Uh, sometimes. Shoving it straight up there. I was like, not in the not in the vaginal, right <laughs> he, up, the t- right t- up there, <laughs> right up the twat. And, and we get an X-ray visual of it. <laughs> it's shown it's a, to the parents of the dead child. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a it's a pretty pretty disturbing scene in itself because that it's kind of like from Death Wish where the doctor's just like, "Yep, that happened." You know what I mean? And yeah, just kind like, of like, it's like, oh, about, it's like,
1: oh, what about? My wife? Oh, she's dead.
0: Yeah, emotionally vacant. Just like, you want to see where the knife was? Right up your daughter's vagina. No, it's...
1: It's like, you want to you know, you see how she got pounded? Uh, is like this. Yeah, yeah. Like, the doctor gets over the body. Like... Yeah. Subtlety. We <laughs> had to use this much
0: force. No. But, I mean, I think that... Um, you're right. I, there's a lot of time spent in that beginning portion of investigating people that, as an audience, we pretty much know they could not be a part of that murder. We know it. I mean, we we're not we're we are privy to that information and um i don't know if it's the the right use of the film's time at that point i think that some viewers will be turned off by that slow opening i th- that was really my he- biggest concern with this film was that slow open the plotting nature of the detective work that occurs in the beginning i think once you really get into the film a little bit more uh towards the middle you you start to get a little bit more invested in the actual investigation. At the same time, you can there's totally room to criticize what have you done to Solange for following Enrique, who really should have no information in this investigation whatsoever.
1: The fact that, the, <laughs> that the, after he you know, the, the, after he's dismissed as being a murder suspect. suspect, The the inspectors just let him fucking pal around and yeah. you know be the hard you know hardly boys you know yeah it doesn't a- it doesn't make any sense
0: we shouldn't if we're following enrique or in en- enrique uh enrico only then we should not know about all this information in the police investigation um i want to i i guess we kind of i we went from positives to negatives here cuz we we're supposed to be talking about the positives of the film but um I I think they kind of all tie together. I I mean, did you like it once you got into the, like the meat of the film? Once you got into the middle towards the to when actually Solange was introduced? I mean,
1: No, I thought it was fine. I think I again, I don't have a problem with the intro being slow. Yeah. I I thought it was again, I thought it was paced out fine, but I again, my pr- main problem is I think is, is my whole problem with this film is the fact the point that it's trying to make you find find out last 30 seconds of the film mhm and then it's again it's a, it's again and, and again sure. it's you went a very long way of like doing all the shit that you were doing just to get to that point there was no build up to it it's it's again it's like they didn't know how to show you some of those parts Look, I guess we'll talk about the bad now. At least, right? Yeah, we'll at get least, into at least what I mean, I We're kind uh, of least, into it. Yeah. At least what? You know, I find it. so. Spoiler alert! If you haven't seen the film, spoilers. The whole po- point and plot of this film is that the killer of the film is the father of Solange, who got an abortion from a maid. Because her and her friends go went to sex parties and had sex, mm-hmm. and she got knocked up, and so they took her to her friend's maid who knew how to do these things, and now she's all fucked up in the head from her abortion experience and being traumatized by it, and now the father's out to get revenge on those girls who drove her to them.
0: Who's also a prof- happens to be a professor at the same school that uh, Enrico works at. Yeah. So. So
1: none of that it, you're not privy to any of that information no, I, until the very end. Yeah. There's no nothing there to show that like oh maybe these girls sleep around, right? Yeah, I there's do. Not, there, there's nothing of the sort or like like that connects these people who are getting killed to this girl. And again, I'm fine with the fact they don't bring up so much. They, the, my problem is they don't give you any information on those girls prior that says like they might have had other sexual encounters or anything. Yeah. It's not, it's again, that it's that part and then there's one part at closer to the, like not at the very end but close to the end where they say like, oh, a couple of the girls they dated university students. Right. And that's it. Again, that's it. Yeah. There's nothing that, like, w- like will lead you towards that. I think
0: that is a huge misstep on the film's part. You're right. Um, there is nothing really besides a few hints here or there. And even then, it's hard, especially watching now, to pick up on those hints and think, like, oh, wow, yeah, a lot of those classmates were sleeping around or something like that. There's a couple mentions of, like, when they're interviewing uh, some of the suspects at the school, and they're saying, I didn't think she was a whore, uh, and things like that. It's in reference to her, like, sleeping with one person, or potentially sleeping with one person, but at the same time, it's a very odd usage of the word, whore. Not,
1: Not really, because it... Well,
0: it's a religious school as well. Well,
1: not only that, but I mean, it's... No, I wouldn't say it's that, because... You think of the time period and you know, all like that, even by today's standards, by a lot of people, not necessarily women, but guys, like if you hear like a, a chick's been sleeping with like just one guy, but they're not like married or something or anything like that, there's a lot of people around here that are guys who be like, oh, she's a whore.
0: Yeah. That's,
1: but, yeah, that's it. That's like, so that, that to me, I'm, I'm fine with like the fact when like Elizabeth gets killed and like, oh, I didn't, you know, and they, they fi- all find out that she was sleeping with uh, Enrico. That they're like, oh, I didn't think she was a whore. Right. It's not that they're implying that she slept with a bunch of people. It's just that she's having sex out of wedlock. Yeah, but which I Which mean, would I, be considered being a
0: whore. But I feel like that's a like a symbolic hint towards later on the sex part. I'm not saying that, that that does anything for the viewer because you're not really going to pick up on that. You know, but you, I, I feel like that as a script, as part of the script, is like a subtle allusion to later on when you actually find out, yes, they were all part of this sex party that would, you know, co-ed sex party.
1: But the thing is, too, like, the only other hint is one of the guys that first introduces the idea of who is Solange is he says they're a bunch of dykes. Right. In his eloquent words. Yeah. He doesn't say he slept with, he didn't sleep with any of them. They're all lesbians. That's it. So, again, it's not like And so, like, how can you... And he's not even a trustworthy source of information, so you can't, you know... It's not like, you should take that as a hint that they're, you know, promiscuous. No, because the person that he's talking to is not someone, you know, that's really trustworthy. Nobody in this film is really trustworthy outside of the cops and...
0: Pretty much Enrico. Yeah, Enrico. you You can trust him fairly well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I, I I think that's a huge issue in this film is that you don't get any sort of of uh, vital information about this group of teens being in a sex party until the very end where they actually pr- pretty much in detail describe it to you I mean it co- actually comes from one of the victims who is giving you this information that yes she got pregnant and we had to seek out an abortion because of that I think that is definitely a problem with this film because it doesn't it doesn't go into any of those details, and you're missing that as a viewer. It, that's pretty much vital information. And
1: not like only like that, they're each of these girls outside of Elizabeth. You don't get to see them until they're about to meet their demise. Pretty much, so and you don't get to know anything about their character. You, yeah, except Elizabeth, who you can only take as somebody. Who's just a young girl in a high school who's caught up and in, infatuated with her teacher?
0: Yeah, you only get to see them a little bit, like in the shower or something like that, mm-hmm. as someone else is spying them on them. Um, I, I think though that, it, and we mentioned this in the, in the, the after, like we watched the the film, and the film really cuts out, <laughs> like at the end of the film, it's just like that happened, done. You know what I mean? You're very,
1: you're very st- stereotypical, like old school film. Yeah, it's like it's over. It, it and then like, it's like bam. Here's, <laughs> here's the
0: explanation, and then we're out. Um, I we talked about the ending a little bit and how it leaves a very um, confusing conclusion to the film as to what exactly the stance is supposed to be. Are we supposed to to end this film thinking? you like we we're, we're pro abortion like we should legalize abortion so that we women don't have to go through these situations where they may end up going crazy because of it uh and experiencing like undescribable pain because of it shoving a hot rod up the vagina or are we supposed to be anti abortion where don't have sex uh, yeah like don't don't have sex these women were whores. they kind of had it coming to them but, you know, just don't just do not do it. You, you can draw
1: either conclusion from this film. That, that, like, hey, you know what? You know, people are going to have sex and, you know, be safe. And, you know, m- things happen. Yeah. Or you can take it the other way. Like, don't have sex. Celibacy is the way. Right. Let Jesus guide you. Because,
0: to be <laughs> honest with you, the... <laughs> the killer's motivation is really, is really mixed. I mean, yes, he is murdering women in very horrible ways, but at the same time, in his eyes, it's, uh, kind of warranted because of what they did to his daughter, making her go crazy, uh, giving her like a hot rod abortion, which in he believes was against her will. Um and he I, makes him like before he kills him, he, he cuz he dresses as a priest. Yeah. Uh, he, he makes, makes him give a confession. Yeah. I think that the it's kind of a strange way to view this killer. I mean, I'm not saying that films always have to take like a stance on their killer like he's got to be pure evil to do this. I, I don't think that's true. I think you can have a film that doesn't really give you a, a way to look at this this character, you're supposed to,
1: Sing you know, it, yeah, most,
0: most villains are, are good because they have two different sides. Like, you can hmm. see, uh, well, I can sympathize with that, but at the same time, I probably wouldn't go to well, killing he, people. I, with he him.
1: probably wouldn't kill people if she, after the abortion, was still normal. Right. He would be like, you know, why are you fucking around? Yeah. But because but she's crazy now, he's you know, he's got the vendetta because he doesn't know how to deal with that. I think it sends mixed
0: signals to, as to how the film uh, f- views its its killer and its subject matter. But I, if I were to take a guess based on clues and symbolism that I see within the film, I think that it is pro-abortion. I I feel like it's observing the mixed messages that women get when it comes to sexuality. In that you can be labeled a whore because you slept with one person. That men are able to judge you based on whatever they think about you. Because we do see a lot of like very... um. Manipulative and lecherous men in this film, mm-hmm. uh, not just like
1: not just Enrico. not just
0: Enrico, who really is as a protagonist a pretty grody person, um, almost gets, nearly he, forcing an eighteen-year-old girl to have sex with him. That is a student, gets,
1: yeah, and he gets very upset in the beginning when, like, yeah, he's trying to you know uh, go and finger her, and she's like, "Not right now." Yeah, and she's he's like, "Why? I love you." And she's like, I wanted to, but not right now. And Well, then, then, and then she witnessed a murder. Th- murder, And, then, and, then, he's and, like, then, and then he flies off the handle on her. Like, <laughs> I'm, you know, I can't believe this bullshit. If you, you know.
0: Yeah, not only him, but there's also a very creepy priest guy who spies on them in the shower. Um, and then just a lot of the other, like, mixed signals that the men send the women as to how they're supposed to act, what they're supposed to be like. Obviously, they have a close friendship. They're called dykes. There is a lot of references to how female sexuality is viewed by a masculine presence. And I think that when we take every, all of that into consideration, I believe that it is saying that it's pro abortion.
1: Not, not only that, you, uh, when they talk about when they fi- everyone finds out that Enrico was cheating on his wife with Elizabeth, they say, well, she, she, she was cold. Right, right, exactly she, yeah. she was very cold and kind yeah. of bitchy. So it was okay. So 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 of course he's gonna go, you know, wandering off. So right. so it's like, you know And
0: exactly and, and the actually I'm glad you brought that up because especially with his wife too, she's expected now once they find out that Enrico did not sleep with Elizabeth she's ha- she's fine she's back to normal because she's in that bi- case, she's, she's
1: not bitchy in, it. Right. in in fact she's up his ass in like, that case she's in, like equ- in, in like the way like like I want that now yeah she's equating <laughs>
0: sexuality to cheating so if he did not have sex with her then it's fine it's cool it's everything's fine yeah. but if he did have sex with her then that is totally unacceptable.
1: Mm. And she was a whore. She stole him away from her. Even though the relationship that they even had to begin with was, a yeah, inappropriate. <laughs> so,
0: so I definitely see this film as a as a pro abortion film. That if this were not the case, if people were a little bit more accepting of of female sexuality, not labeling people whores, they first wouldn't need to form sex parties in secret. They could talk about safe sex practices and also the need for an abortion when that happens and uh Solange needs to seek out an abortion you
1: even and you wouldn't to need that. to go for a hot needle well you' wouldn't insertion even need, well there. you wouldn't need to do that if you were just practicing safe sex exactly like, yeah like are you gonna have sex these are condoms right use them here's the pill do that so, so I was seeing on Facebook the other day like it was I don't know if the article is true or not but it was like an article that was about um possible like uh like a pill for men that would like so they couldn't do you know Oh right, yeah. And you know what I was seeing in the comments? Guys like, I wouldn't take that, it's not natural. Right. It's like yeah. are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, it's not natural. Are you are you a fucking yeah. stop shut the fuck up. The the lace chips you eat are not natural. <laughs> the domicile style you live in is not nat- are you living in a fucking cave? <laughs> Mountain dew. Yeah. Shut the fuck oh that like oh, shut the hell up. Yeah. yeah. Stupid. You're, oh, you deserve to have, like, ten kids <laughs> and a welfare check coming your way if you think like that. God, oh, <laughs> getting off topic on that one. Yeah. That, that, that pissed me off. I was like, oh, it's not that. Then, oh, Go live in the jungle, then. Have fun. Um,
0: <laughs> So, I think we have to talk about the violence because we haven't really talked about that that much. You know what? Uh, <laughs> you know,
1: I, it is disturbing. Yeah. Uh, I don't give it credit for... Going all the way for the most part. I think, uh, a,
0: like a lot of it, we don't actually see on screen.
1: They show the aftermath. Yeah, the, a- after- the aftermath's good enough. Yeah, um, you don't need to see the guy stabbing a chicken or a twat for it right. to be effective. You to see the body of the knife left in the twat. Uh, you know, be like, yeah, that's um, probably not a good way to die. I'd rather have the guy from I know what you did last summer slamming the neck with a fish hook. Than yeah.
0: Them. I think the most effective uh kill that's shown in this film is uh the one that is actually the maid. Because that's kind of like a very tense moment where Enrico thinks he's gonna get answers. He's he's going to the maid's house because he's been given this note that says, Go to this house, they they will know. And uh he's searching around, he first sees a a bludgeoned dog that's dead and ennio morricone's score here is really good i like this one a lot i like this this uh this uh um music sting quite a bit in this in this scene and then he he uh moves to the back of the house where he finds the maid dead but this time it's a little bit different it's not like a huge knife in the vagina this time it's a actually shovel. a, 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 a like, yeah no it's not a shovel it's a uh like a scythe it's like a curved oh, blade yeah, he picks shovel. up a shovel because it has blood on it but then, yeah, when he finds her, there's actually, like, a scythe that's in there. So I think it's, like, a little interesting change-up from what we've seen before, because a lot of the film actually features just, like, knives and vaginas. And
1: I'll say, it's, um, I think the best kill was the uh, kill, Elizabeth kill, the uh, drowning. I
0: do, too. And, yeah, and I mean, I the one that we actually see. And yeah. I
1: think that works very well, because, one, um, drowning, not a very pleasant way to go. Right. Ooh, you, you get to be... Conscience for, for for that entire and two. I think that works really well because again, everyone else he's stabbing in the vagina, right? But he doesn't stab her because one, she's a virgin, and two, yep. she was against yep. the thing to begin with. Yeah. She, like she wasn't in favor of Solange going through with what the abortion. So she so, doesn't have to experience
0: the hour of painful death yeah. as yeah. she like bleeds out from her yeah, vaginal wound. wound. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I I get that. And, again, I think that's another version of pro-abortion.
1: Yeah, so I think in context, I think how it's done, the context, I think it works the best. I think – and, again, it's the fact that you get that, again, great POV shot of Mm -hmm. just show, and, again, it it doesn't go away. Like there's only – the only camera going away from the actual drowning part is like it quickly will sometimes flash to the legs, flailing in the water. For the most part, it's focused on her getting shoved into the water constantly, back and forth, until she stops moving. Yeah, that's I think it's that's very well done. What do you think about uh,
0: Ennio Morricone's score in this room?
1: It's an Ennio Morricone's score. Score. I think, I, 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 think, I honestly think that it's not that memorable for the most part. <laughs> I well, like I said, I think the like choir parts to me sound like. He just had leftover bits from Once Upon a Time in the West theme. He's like, hey, you know. And as you said, it sounds like they called him up, hey, you got some music for us? And he's like, yeah, I'll just send you some shit. Because for the most part, and I'm not saying the music's bad because it's not, but again, you're right, it's not memorable. And not only is it not memorable, it's, for the most part, misplaced. Outside of a few scenes, it's not well-utilizing. Which is not unnatural for a gel or a ta- a, a Italian horror film. It's still a bad choice, though. Again, yeah, no. Again, like, when you go from, like, a kill then all of a sudden you go to, like, a funky beat, and, like, ding, ding, going down yeah. the street, ding, 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 yeah, no, it just... It's uh juxtaposition that does not work. You're
0: right. No, I... I I think that this is probably... I mean, I don't think it's any of worst scar by, by far. I think that there are some really good moments here, and... Uh, if you like go to YouTube and you actually listen to the full soundtrack, I think you'll find some actually good, good tracks in this. I like a lot of the tense score to it. He used a lot of atonal notes, um, in his, in his, uh, music stings, but for the most part, a lot of like the funkier soundtrack, um, the romantic style soundtrack that I guess you would, you would call it when it plays during, uh. Scenes with Enrico and Elizabeth, I, I don't really think they're that memorable. They don't really stand out. Not like some of his Western works um, or some of his more sinister sounding s- uh, scores. I, I don't know. I mean, I, this one, I can't say that I really found his work on this film to be memorable at all. I don't, you're not going to watch What Have You Done to Solange and think like, Wow, the score's really great on this one. I don't think. No, it's it's almost sometimes not noticeable. Kind of fades out after a while. After you've like heard the first few uh, different themes, like the funky yeah. theme and the romantic yes. theme, then you kind of yeah. you kind of forget about it after that. It's not really paint. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and some people might think that that's kind of the point. It's kind of supposed to be just wallpaper. You don't really notice it. It's in the background. It kind of sets the mood for the theme for the for the film itself. It sets the mood for the scene. But I don't I don't agree with that. I think that it's it's not it's not one of his best. I'll say that. I think we're in agreement on that. Uh anything else that you want to add about what have you done a Solange before? I will
1: say a high point um the acting. I I do think there really isn't anyone outside of, like, a few random professors. Yeah. Which is, yeah, like, extras and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, that are bad. I think I think overall, everyone's pretty pretty damn good at it. And, and
0: to be honest with you, a lot of this was shot in English, as you can tell. Uh, there are both, like, on the Blu-ray that we watch from era Video, there's both an English and, a, and an Italian track, but the English track is the one that they are speaking. Yeah um for the most part i mean there's probably a few like actors that are speaking italian but for the most part they're speaking english and it actually makes sense too for you to watch it in english because we watched it a little bit in italian and a lot of the the students are actually taking italian class and like learning italian so it doesn't really make sense for them to be speaking italian because this is all set in london doesn't make sense for them to be speaking Italian while also learning how to speak Italian.
1: Not, not only that, but and uh, I think the Blu-ray by Arrow, the package and the features is pretty good. Um, I would say watch it English for the sole reason the subtitles. You, you can't fucking read them because they're in white. Yeah, and a lot of the backgrounds in this. Have some form of white, so yeah, you cannot to you cannot read for a good. That's why that's the main reason why we switched because we were watching an it Italian originally, but we ha- I told I told Ryan we had to switch because I just couldn't fucking read the subtitles anymore because yeah. they just constantly were blending into the the scene background. So please, Arrow, switch to yellow, <laughs> oh. yellow
0: subtitles. Yeah, I, I I think I actually prefer the English one too.
1: Sometimes I, thought they, the, I thought they were both... I thought, thought pretty good. I thought, like... Yeah, no, I thought the Italian was acted well, and I thought the English was, too. The only, like, bad, like, bad part to say in English was, like, right when we flipped over and the one guy with the beard's getting interviewed in the police station, he's totally going batshit, like... Yeah. You know, flipping out for no, re- no reason. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, he's just, like, having, like, a meltdown. Because he got brought in, he was asked, you know, to describe what he saw, and he's... Uh, just, the way, he, again, it was, it, the way he acted, and not only that, but the dub of it was just, like, so over the top. But yeah. Again, that's, he was kind of not, not an extra, but a very small bit character, so yeah. it doesn't really fucking matter. Yeah. I mean, other than that, though,
0: I didn't really see too much of an issue with any of the acting. It's, no. it's pretty pretty fair, and it definitely doesn't have any of the annoying kids that Jellos tend to have, so that's always good, too. Alright, so what would you rate uh, what have you done to Solange on a scale of one to ten knives in a vagina? <laughs> I need
1: you'd say that. Uh, seven. Seven out of ten? I'd give it a seven.
0: That's actually higher than I thought you would rate it.
1: Um, Again, I don't think it's a bad film. I think the ending is what detracts from this really is going to probably piss some people off just because of the fact the ending happens and then it's literally a 22nd ex- exposition dump. I'm like, Oh, this is what happened. the Reason why the end. And it's like, because you weren't giving that again, you wouldn't have to do that exposition dump in 20 seconds at the end. If you were given the clues along the way. And the bigger thing
0: too, is that the exposition dump comes from the inspector. Who, who would not be privy? Why would he know that yeah. information and withhold it from everybody if he already knew it? Yeah.
1: Or if he at least knew, like, or if they at least left the clues there for that stuff, then you could also have that dump, because then it'll connect all the dots, but there's nothing there to connect those yeah. dots, so it's... You could have left it with, like, just an ending, and he doesn't even say anything. So there's no explanation. I'd be better off with that, because, again, that's like, what? Whatever did happen to Solange, (laughs) you don't know. Try to figure it out. Good luck. I would be even more fine with that because they didn't give you anything. Yeah. So you got to try to piece what they did give you. You're probably never going to find out. But that's the point of the film. This one had the point. They just decided, you know, "Eh, we'll save it in 10 seconds.
0: Well, to be honest, yeah, I mean, that actually is a good point. I think that you could, if you knew that Solange's father was the killer and you knew that all of the deaths, for the most part, occurred with students who confessed to him and also were stabbed in the vagina, I think you could kind of piece that together yourself. Like, if they left you, like, just this shot of Solange looking forlorn and, like, mentally ill at the end of the film, I think you could piece it together. That she... That something happened to her bad. That... Our, mm also was sexually um a a factor i think you could piece that together i don't think you need them to go into um detail about the actual abortion that happens although i think that like the cool black and white format of it it works a little bit for this film it kind of gives it a little bit of a, a different feeling to it but i don't know if you actually need them to go into that detail i think you could i think it that was like holding the viewer's hand a little bit. That's just my opinion on it though. I would say I would give this a seven and a half. I think it's pretty good. I don't think it's the best shallow I've ever seen. Um, I probably, I wouldn't rate it in like my top 10 jallows right now that I've, I've seen. Um,
1: I would hope not. If you gave it seven and a half, yeah, Otherwise I mean that, I, that has a lot to say about the jail <laughs> film. Well, <laughs> well, that's true.
0: That's true. <laughs> I mean, I think it's I think it's pretty good, but I think it does have significant flaws that detract from it. I definitely don't think this film is for everybody. Um, anybody who has difficulty with like slower paced films, or even doesn't really like to, like murder investigations or detective work, you're not gonna like this. You can just turn it off right now. You're not gonna like it. It's not gonna be for you. Um, which is fine, but but I mean just know that when you when you get into this, it is a slower paced film. It's it's gonna take its time with some of like the detective work and really getting through the plot itself, and you're not gonna know who Solange is until very late in the film. So
1: you had a lot of red
0: herrings. That's right, yeah. Yeah, a lot of red herrings. Uh, that's one thing you can say about this film is that it really does mess with the viewer in terms of like what you can trust and what you can like who who is the suspect.
1: Now, who did you think?
0: Was... Who did I think there was a the suspect? Yeah. I actually kind of suspected like um, Herta uh, Enrico's Same wife. Here. I, I uh, thought and I... probably in concert with someone else. You know, like yeah. working with someone else. Um, I could totally see that occurring, and that was probably... I, w- I could see why she would be so quick to try to help him figure it out in ter- terms of, like, turning on her partner or something like that. Um, I'm, I am kind of surprised they didn't go that route, because I don't want to bring too much up, but when we cover the night Evelyn came out of the grave, it's going to be kind of a big thing in the plot. So... I'm I'm kind of surprised that it didn't go that route with either two killers or or not maybe not killers but people that were together like Mm -hmm. working together. So that was my guess, having not seen the film.
1: Yeah, no, she was my guess too. Like just
0: because I think that would actually make her character make a little
1: bit more sense because right now and make the character development that they try to give, you know, like her being a cold hard bitch to as the film would basically put it yeah uh to enrico and then to once she finds out yeah you know, he wasn't cheating cheating he was just cheating and then you know she cares and make that turn even more like sensible cuz like oh like you know so like now that that he's been denied of being a suspect that would mean she'd have to kind of change her tone towards him to kind of lead you know him and the uh, investigators a certain a different direction. Um, so that, that's mainly where I was coming from. Yeah, I, th- I thought it would make
0: more sense per character, for sure. But
1: well, then again, as I said before in Tenebra, usually the killer always is the person, obvious, the least obvious and gets the le- le- least screen time, and well, that worked for this one. Yep. Uh, didn't follow that's that for him. But then again, the bit that we did see that character was mainly in Italian and I, like I said cuz I couldn't read half the subtitles for part of that I had no idea like he even showed up in the beginning until like I was like oh yeah he was there yeah he wasn't
0: a huge part of the film at all really yeah. I mean not 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 like some of the other characters that you see so yeah he he was pretty a pretty minor character up until the the finale all right, so next week, what did we have in store? I think we were gonna yeah, do n- the night Evelyn yeah. came out of the grave. Yep, and um, move on from there to do. Um, what was the? was it? Oh, probably Leprechaun Two. Yeah, because I think that's gonna take us right into St. Saint Pat- Saint Patrick's, ar- Patrick's Day. We're about to around St. Patrick's Day. So I think we'll probably do The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave next week. Uh, and then follow that up with Leprechaun 2. If you haven't listened to our first Leprechaun episode, please do so before our Leprechaun 2 episode. Um, honestly, it'll be interesting because I have not seen Leprechaun 2 in many years. Neither have I. and
1: uh, I'll probably be thankful.
0: For to this. be honest with you, we did not enjoy watching Leprechaun very much at all. It was... a uh, a test of patience, and I think you can hear that in the the other episode. So go back and listen to that. That was an early episode. It was probably
1: that feels like
0: fifteen episode, fifteen, sixteen, that something like that. feels like that
1: was just yesterday too.
0: I know it does. I know, and we've been doing this podcast for so long, <laughs> but I I do believe that it was probably like fifteen, sixteen, something like that. Let's well, see. Um, I'm gonna I'm look like it up right now. Keeper of the books. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up right now just to see what it was cuz i i don't really remember what it was but it, yeah it was it was pretty late i know that uh 18 That was pretty close we did it right after my bloody valentine stuff 3d yep Ooh. so that was Mid-times. yeah 17 and 18 those were tough films those that was a those were tough episodes 16 was great god damn we had a lot of downloads on our my bloody <laughs> valentine 3d just just saying <laughs> quite a bit there thanks for listening to, to that one I'm sure you uh, if you
1: haven't downloaded yeah, download no, it go check now. that one out too episode 17 we're still and in February Valentine's Day isn't totally uh,
0: yeah it's not over yet. go uh, go download that listen to how much we hated My Bloody Valentine 3D
1: and let us know what you think yeah but probably after Leprechaun 2 we'll do one more film and then I think that'll probably lead us in the ghost in the shell that's true yeah, yeah. we're we're doing that. Yeah. Boys and girls. Absolutely.
0: Um, when does Wonder
1: Woman come out?
0: Uh, I think that's later on in this this year. I could have I,
1: swore that was early spring, but. It, isn't it like May? It I feel be. like it may be. I almost. Yeah. I feel like they were going to release it in early spring. They might have pushed it back. I feel like it would.
0: Oh, June 2nd. Oh, God. So we got a little ways to go. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> we can put that off a little bit longer. Now, did they. Uh... Is Ben Affleck officially done with Batman? I don't know about officially because I saw some like a Facebook uh, post that's like, who would you like to see to be the new Batman? I'm like, did ben, did ben Affleck leave? I mean,
0: I don't know about officially, but I know that there was talk about it, was and it? probably people were just doing like polls and stuff. Well,
1: the, the people they had listed to be the new Bruce Wayne, I was not like happy with. They were all like terrible choices. Hmm. I can't remember who. But it is, yeah,
0: uh, yeah. I don't know. I do. I'm not looking forward to any of that at at all. So you know, I in am, most of those, films, I am
1: almost just for the shit. Pos- the, sh- the, sh- the shit show now. True. Because I know it's not. I know I'm not going to enjoy it. So now it's just like, if I'm going to suffer through this two and a half hour shit show, it's uh, we're... honestly I I don't want to. I I hope that it's good. It's I do. Not cool. I
0: know it's not, but I I hope that it is. I I go, you gotta have hope. You're you're what Warner Brothers is feeding off of right now. That people are are continuing <laughs> to go to it, like
1: thinking like, get, well maybe <laughs> maybe they'll find something. Can't be the, can't be can't get any worse. It's like me as a Bills fan. Like yeah, eighteen years no pl- can't get any worse. I know. And it always does.
0: <laughs> well. It's, they're gonna be summer blockbusters because that's 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 why Wonder Woman's releasing in June because they want a summer blockbuster.
1: They're gonna beat Transformers. I don't know. With Anthony Hopkins. Maybe we need Sir to go see Anthony... Transformers no. as well. There's not <laughs> enough money. To... No.
0: We're you're cutting it off at no. uh, Transformers. There's
1: not enough money in yeah. the world for you to drag me to a Transformers. Film. <laughs> Sorry, I've yeah, seen I've funny. only seen the first one and I absolutely hated it. I didn't see it in theaters. I saw him like at college, and they had it on TV before, you know, because they at uh, college they had a channel that would play movies that were like just out of the theaters that you could watch on TV. I remember one day I was watching Transformers with uh, a couple people, and they're like, "This is awesome!" I'm like, "What the fuck are you? This, <laughs> this is terrible." Yeah. So yeah, it was really sad when I saw Anthony Hopkins was going to be in Transformers Five. Like, they
0: stuck him in there. They got him in there.
1: Like, oh, he needs money. He's broken down, too. That's true. All right, so
0: it's time for administrative stuff.
1: Um, the best kind of stuff.
0: That's, it. that's right. We want to thank you for listening. Um, most, of, most people will be listening to us on iTunes. Uh, but if you're not, go check us out on iTunes um, and subscribe and also leave us a nice review. Hoping you'll give us four or five stars. Uh, that helps us out because it gives people some sort of context in which to go on when they listen to us. Uh, we also are on Stitcher and other podcast apps like that. Uh, if you can rate and review us on those apps, we certainly appreciate it. And it again it helps us out quite a bit. Uh, we're also on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Blood and Black Rum Podcast. Uh, like us on there, you know, write to us. We will respond as always. We also have a group on there. Um, we're on Twitter as well, BloodN black rum and I use that quite a bit uh we hope that you'll retweet our episodes and we we will do the same in turn um so follow us on there and as always write to us as well uh we're also on patreon it's uh patreon.com slash blood and black rum podcast On Patreon, you can donate to us and subscribe. So if you subscribe on there, you'll get all of our updates. And if you donate, uh, we do have a few different options for you um, that we'll do for you. So you can get your name mentioned on the podcast. You can pick some films that we'll cover on the show. And you can also pick a film for us to do a script read of, uh, which is really fun. We haven't done anything like that before, so you'd be the first one to do that for us. Now, Patreon is a monthly subscription, just so you know. Uh, so don't pledge a whole lot of money that you don't have <laughs> for each month because it will be coming out every month. Um, and we appreciate anything that you can give to us to help us keep this podcast alive. Uh, we also have an a email address as well Blood and Black Rum Podcast at gmail.com. We hope you'll write to us, let us know what kind of films that you want to see us cover on here, and uh, we'll try to award you with that. Uh, I think I hit everything for our administrative features. So thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave, a very fun Jello film. Uh, And since we're sticking to our Blood and Black Rum podcast Jello um, genre that we promised at the beginning of the show. And uh, we hope you'll come back every week to hear what we have in store for you on the Blood and Black Rum podcast.
1: Take care.